So this, this preach that I want to share with you today, it's not mine, so I cannot take any credit for it. What has happened is um, when my husband was, we got married, let me start at the beginning so that you hear it the right way. We got married in the November of 1982, and the following year, 1983, Manny went to Bible college and I finished my, my fourth year of my teaching degree, so we were working that year. The next year, we basically planted a church, so 1985, we planted a church, and nine months later, um, Manny had, we'd planted the church and he'd got, while he was at Bible college he'd, he, college, he'd met Mike Altringham and Mike Altringham had gone to work for Pastor Bonker, Reinhardt Bonker and Reinhardt had just come out of Lesotho after looking after 26 people for months, he suddenly got a heart and a vision for Africa and we know how God used Reinhardt across our nation and so Mike went to go and work for Reinhardt and in the February they were going to have the first CFAN, Christ for All Nations fire conference in Harare and they had 4,000 delegates sign up from 41 different African states. So it was a massive, massive event. And Mike asked Manny to go with. And so we had only just planted the church. We had a little six-month-old baby. And um, he felt that he needed to go to this thing with Mike. And so off Manny went. And while he was there, he had an experience with a guy by the name of Wayne Myers who was preaching. The man must have been about 60, 63 at the time. And when my husband came back, that was all he could talk about was this preacher, Wayne Myers. He said, Dorney, he was, he said he just was incredible. He said he just shared story after story after story of the blessing of God upon his life and this thing of being able to live to give. And he said this guy just shone. And my husband, he, he just couldn't remember anybody else except this guy, Wayne Myers. And I saw immediately that this man affected my husband really, really in a very deep way. And what I'm going to share with you now, I just was thinking about this before I was to come here, and I just thought, I wonder if Wayne Myers is still alive, you know? And so I Googled it, went online, and I found out that two years ago, he was 98 years old and still alive. So whether he would be 100 now, and whether he's still alive, the Lord alone knows. His wife passed away a little earlier, um, and, but honestly, I went on and I Googled a preach that he preached. He preached it in 19, uh, 2017, and it was exactly that. And so I've taken all the pointers that he brought up, and I, it took me ages writing them all out. And as I was doing it, I was so challenged and so blessed because I realized my husband put it into practice immediately. While he was in Harare, that's where they were, a young couple had left their tickets. They'd lost their tickets to get home on the airplane. And we had saved 800 rand. In that day, it was a lot of money. Honestly, when you've just planted a church, 800 rand is a stack of money. And we'd had this put into our little savings because we wanted to go and see Manny's mom in Germany in that December. And we'd saved every cent. You know when you eat on, you eat very little so that you can save a little bit more on your food bill. And that's how we'd lived for the whole of that year. And we'd saved this 800 rand. Needless to say, my husband very graciously gave the entire amount away to this young couple that was without a ticket. He got home and I said, how could you do that? And that was my first experience of my husband's living to give. It never stopped for all the 35 and a half years that I was married to him. And honestly, it brought such a joy to his life that I couldn't possibly stop it. And I have now learned from, from the way I saw my husband do it, that you can never 
ever outgive God. Never. I'm telling you, when you have a heart to live to give, and it's not an easy heart to have, because by nature we are gatherers. We like to keep our little nest egg, you know, safe and sound, because then we don't really need faith. We can rely on ourselves. And this message has really, really stirred something in my heart again. And I've started living it. And it's been in fact, I was living it before I even read this because I thought, you know what, if Manny did this and we never went without, my husband and I, never, then I'm going to start doing this while he's not here. And so whatever opportunity I have, I store all my five rands, you know, and I take all Tiffy's five rands too. And honestly, just having a stash there so that whenever God speaks, you can just give. Um, so even if you're in church, you put something in your pocket before you get here, and then you say, Lord, which one is it for? Who can I bless today? It's, it could be a smile. It, could, it doesn't have to be finance. It could be just giving somebody some really, really nice sandwiches when they're gardening in your garden. You know, put cheese on them and not just jam. Put something extra on and it's just beautiful. So I want to just share these with you. And um, uh, where shall I start? Um, let me go on to the next page. Okay. Miracles of provision. This man did not live in a fancy home. He lived very circumspectly. And if I asked you how many of you have heard of Wayne Myers, there's not many of you that would put your hand up, if any. And I love that. Because we can hear the big names, you know, these guys that gave all their finance away and it's all advertised and it's all put in lights. But this man, humble, humble servant of God, many of us don't even know who he was, but he was a missionary to Mexico for 70 years. He served amongst the poorest of the poor people and he just, he just trusted God for pastors. He, he knew that pastors needed to get around their city. So he believed God for over a hundred cars. He raised finance for over a hundred cars that he gave away. He raised money for, for churches, churches that weren't able to put roofs on their buildings. He, he believed God. He'd say, man, I'm going to trust God for that. Bless the Lord, he'd say. We're going to trust God for that. And 400 churches he helped put, put in the poorest, poorest of nations. And he just lived this thing of living to give. So I'm going to read a lot of it because I don't want you to miss anything and I don't want to get all muddled up with my words. I want you to hear what he has to say because it'll minister deep into your heart. So he starts with saying, happiness in this world often depends on exterior blessings, which satisfy for a little while and then fades. But blessings that are born in the heart are more consistent and more permanent. If we live for temporary for this present world, we have to leave everything behind. But if you live for eternity, you will have rewards forever and forever. In Mark chapter 10, verse 35 to 45, James and John came to Jesus, and they were pretty cheeky. They said they were the sons of Zebedee, came to him. Teacher, they said, we want you to do for us whatever we ask. None of us have ever prayed that prayer. What do you want me to do for you, he asked. They replied, let one of us sit on your right and the other on your left in glory. And Jesus goes on to say to them, Whoever wants to be great among you must be your servant. But even if the Son of Man did not come to but even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and give his life a ransom for many. And I tell you, when we serve, we release something of the power of God. When we come, and this church is outstanding at serving. And I want to commend you because as you are doing that, you are representing Jesus Christ. And the scripture tells us where the source of greatness and the source of blessing in 
is. It's in a life that's lived to serve, to be a blessing to others, to be able to say, can I help you? Can I get you a cup of coffee? Had a beautiful couple just went and got me something, you know, and just, it's just beautiful when you serve others. It's the most wonderful blessing. And life is full of opportunities. And many times we miss it because we become too busy and we become dull of hearing. When the Holy Spirit prompts you to do something, just do it because somebody is going to get blessed by what you do. Just listen to his still small voice and the busyness can just take a while. That's not going to change, but make sure that you listen to what he says. We need to live conscious of the brevity of life and the vastness of eternity. James says life is just like a shadow. That's all it is. And Job 7 verse 7 says, life is about a breath in comparison to eternity. So if you wouldn't mind just taking the deepest breath that you can and blow it out. That's it. That's life. In, in light of eternity, that's all it is. It's just a breath. And yet we spend so much of our energy and our time in embracing this world that we have when we've got people that are around us that are going to a lossless eternity. When we embrace a servant's role, we walk in the ways of Jesus. The world lives to get, but Jesus lived to give. And his true church lives to give and walk as he did. Jesus said it is great to be a servant at all. And a self-seeking spirit will rob people so much of the eternal, so much of what they can have forever. We are so fixed on this world. Those who live to serve will never lack any good thing. God is a giver. When we live for others, we are serving our Lord Jesus and becoming more and more like him. And Matthew 25, 35 to 40 said, As much as you do this to the least of these, speaking of the needy, the hungry, the thirsty, you minister to me. We have so many opportunities in this country to give, and we just need to be open to God's voice. The greatest gift that God gives us has nothing to do with a big check. It really doesn't have anything to do with that. He gives us his love, which is expressed by deeds. Faith works through love, and when we love God with all our heart, giving becomes as natural as breathing. And I want to challenge you to give it a shot, because I'm telling you, you can never outgive God, and you're going to be blown away. I have been blown away. I didn't think it would work for me. I thought Manny had more faith than I did. But I'm telling you, I am being absolutely blown away by the joy that it brings. You know, it's like ridiculous. I just can't wait to give to somebody, because it just like sparks your whole day, and such and you feel so good. It's just wonderful. And so it becomes a lifestyle. When you get up in the morning, who can I bless today? And then the whole day you're looking for that person that you know that God wants you to bless, whether it's the cashier at Checkers who's really, really going through a hard time, whether it's the banker that's just opened your bank account and she's having a baby in a month and you just reach over and you say, can I pray for you? And the tears just start rolling down her cheeks. And I'm not normally this forward, but I'm telling you, it is such fun because you just see Jesus move into people's lives just by having a heart to want to serve them. She just opened a bank account and was very glad that I had signed. And so I just wanted to bless her back, you know, and just say, wow, can I pray for you and your little baby? Who can I encourage today? It doesn't need to be finance. It can be a smile. It can be a prayer. When was the last time you sold somebody that you appreciated them? God's richest gifts to us are not things, but opportunities. We've got a beautiful spa right where I live, and it makes really, really good cake. And my mom and dad love cake. So he's 94, so I think 
think it's not going to be a problem if he has one every single week. And so when I go to spa, they speak, uh, they're from Congo. And they, you can always see, you can see the Burundi guys, because we've visited Burundi and Congo often. The Burundi guys are smaller, and they, they speak Swahili. And then the Congolese guys, when you come from Kinshasa, you speak a language called Lingala. And so I, when I was in Kinshasa, I said to the guys, won't you give me a few little names, a few little introductions that I can greet people in their own language. So when I get to spa, and they know me now, and so they wave across the whole, the whole of the car park, Mbote, Sangboni, and I write back, Malamo, that means I'm fine. And then I say, Bonifaminayo, how's your family? And they said, Malamo. More, you know, and we're shouting across the car park, and you've got all these like, like, <laughs> and I just love it. And then you end up with saying, Zamba Apambola, you're right across, and every one of them all understands, and the, they start laughing from their very belly that this white lady, you know, can speak a little bit of their language, and it just brings such immense joy. You're imparting into their lives. Many of them don't have their families here with them, and it's just such a blessing. But then when I come out of spa, I make sure that I bless them financially as well. And honestly, you can't just give them words. You've got to give them something to live off as well. And it's just, I'm the one that gets the blessing. Really, it is. It's just wonderful. And so Manny did exactly the same. He was, uh, we went to Congo a lot and to Rwanda and to um, Burundi, a fair amount. And so while he was there, he heard of a story where the young girls, if they fell pregnant, this was years back, they were in disgrace. And so they were sent to an island called Itwe. And these, these young ladies were just left there basically to just either manage off the land or just to, to somehow survive. And Manny heard about this and he said, we've got to take the gospel across to Edgeware. And so he organized a trip for the next time that he went in. And I think here Taylor might have gone with him. And they got into this boat and you have to cross the, the lake. And there was a storm and winds on, along the lake. And he said it's like he understood where Jesus' disciples were so terrified in the boat. He said, because even though it was a lake, it was like you were on a roaring sea. And the waves were coming in and they didn't think they were going to make it. And they were supposed to arrive around about five o'clock. And they arrived really, really late, nine, 10, 11 o'clock at night they arrived there. When they got there, there was the donkey and the little cart to take them up to a monastery right at the top of the hill. And when they eventually got up, it was past midnight. And there they were, these beautiful people standing waiting for them. They had prepared a meal for them. They had gone to, to the extra length of just being able to serve these two men who had come all this way just to come and minister on their island, which was a forgotten island. And as they lifted the, they had all the food laid out, and as they lifted the lids, off the food, cockroaches just went, you know, because the food was covered with cockroaches. So what do you do in a situation like that? Do you say, oh, I can't ever eat this, you know, can't eat this? Not at all. These people, they, they loved to do that, and they presented this as their gift. You cannot not eat their food. And I know Manny quietly under his breath probably prayed, Lord, if I eat any deadly poison, please look after me. But you know what? Not quite. Yeah, probably he did say it loud. But honestly, they ate that food. And you know what? It would have, if they hadn't eaten that food, they would have had no entry into those people's lives. But they loved them enough to, yes, it was hard, but they loved them enough to do it. And that's what Jesus would have done. Jesus would have straight away blessed the food, thank you, Lord, for this, and he would have eaten it. And so to be more like him, that's what we've got to do. When you live to, to bless, live to share, live to give, it breaks the fear of the future. 
Christians are so insecure and they battle to turn loose what they don't even need, keeping it just in case for a rainy day. How many of us are like that? We got this little stash just for a rainy day. But have you ever looked at the rain? You can't hold on to the rain. You know, we don't pay for the rain. You know, it's not like, can you imagine how much we'd have to pay if we had to pay for the rain? Do you produce the rain? Not at all. God gives it away freely to work, to flourish and to water the very earth that he has made. In John, 1 John 4, 8, it says, perfect love drives out fear. We need not be afraid of tomorrow because God will be just as big and just as faithful tomorrow as he will be today. I have been young and I am getting older now and I have never seen the righteous forsaken. Never. I have never seen their children begging for bread. God is faithful. I promise you, he is so faithful. He will supply all your needs according to his riches in glory. He is an incredibly giving God. And when you hold your hand open, can I tell you, that's the secret. Have your hand open to give all the time. When your hand is open, you are able to receive as well. And uh, God is no man's debtor. He will never owe you anything. He will give and give and give because that is his nature. And when you adopt his nature and start opening your hand to people and start opening your lives to people, you're going to see the incredible blessing of God come. It is true that a person can give without love. They can. It can be a duty. It can be without love at all. But you cannot be baptized with divine love and not be a giver. When Jesus comes and lives inside your heart, what comes with him? The Holy Spirit is a giver. Jesus has given the very spirit that is inside of him to you and I living down here on earth, knowing that we would need him to be able to walk through every single day of our lives, to be able to have the faith to trust him in this area of finance and in giving, to be able to say, Holy Spirit, I know that you are inside of me. I know that you will always look after me. And I'm telling you, he is faithful to his word. I've seen it amongst the poorest of the poor, those that give. They have never gone without. I've seen with Stanley in Burundi where he would take in three young guys who'd been held up for it committed murder. He brought them into his house with his other five children, brought them in and discipled them amongst us. And he said to Manny, he said, Manny, he says, we have never gone without food. We've always had enough. Even though there were an extra three young men in their little tiny house that they had. And I tell you, when you work amongst the poorest of the poor and you see their faith, oh my word, they live the most incredible lives, hard lives, but incredible lives. They've got a revelation of Jesus that I wish that every single one of us could have. If you're worried, if you're worried, you are putting too much load on a 24-hour circuit. God made us to be renewed every 24 hours. He gives you enough sleep. He gives you enough food. But when you're worrying unnecessarily about tomorrow, you are overloading the circuit and you are going to have load shedding because you are going to blow a fuse. And so honestly, when you are actually worrying all about tomorrow, how many times you can't even sleep? You can't even sleep because you've got this anxiety. And the Bible says that we need not be anxious about anything. He's got our lives. Life is what you make it. You can enjoy life or you can endure life. You can live victoriously or you can live in defeat. It's up to you. It takes complete dedication either way. God doesn't want your heart on just an installment plan where you give him a little bit every single month. You know, I'll just pay the Lord off, you know? Not at all. He wants everything that you have got. He wants the whole of you and he doesn't want you in installment plans. Don't cross tomorrow's bridges today. Give us this day our daily bread. Actually, Lord, now that I've got your attention, what about 40 years up front? 
guess what? You're going to have very, very stale, hard bread. I'd rather have it every single day, fresh and beautiful and alive. Living to give is a lifestyle that will blow you away. It doesn't make sense. People don't understand how you can live so secure with nothing but God's promises. That's all you need, and there are thousands of them. And I just want to share, I, I, have a, I had a husband who really believed God in this area. And I mean, it sometimes was incredibly stretching being married to him, exceptionally stretching being married to him but I've learned you know he was actually right and I was wrong and I remember we were building the second phase of our building thank you so much <clears throat> thank you so much she's living to give <laughs> there we go. and um, we were building the second phase and we needed probably well we probably needed about just short of 8 million rand to build it. And God had t told us when we planted a church, never ever to take a bond, very similar to this church, I think. And so we were not going to take a bond on that money. And so he presented it. We had 4,000 rand in the building fund account. And Manny would go to a farm where he'd spend time with Jesus. And at the farm, God said to him, I want you to start the building. He gave him a very, very clear word, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, three different scriptures. I'm then at home, and I got the same scripture that he God and I said I got this as well go ahead goes into the building team meeting and he says guys we've got 4,000 rand in the bank account he said I've already spoken to the architect he is willing to start the drawings he says we can put down a down positive of 4,000 rand and we can pay the rest later when we've got it he said we are starting the building the one guy said you are crazy Manny how can you possibly think 8 million rand and you're going ahead with 4,000 rand he said you're nuts he says I can't do this this is too stressful got up and he walked out. Ten years later, he came back weeping, weeping, because Jesus did the miracle. And honestly, he came back and he apologized. He said, I wish I'd stayed because I would have learned faith. I would have learned how to give. Because in five years, God bought in 3.5 million rand. And it was not big money. It was the little child bringing the five cents and the two fish, you know, the five loaves and the two fish. It was the little people that just put finances in when they had it. And God bought in 3.5 million. And Manny said to the Lord, Father, I'm so tired. Lord, this is, this, I'm exhausted. He said, Jesus, if it's going to take another five years, I'm not sure I can handle it. And the Lord said to him at the farm where he would go every, every Thursday, he said, Manny, the next building fund offering you take, you give it away. He comes home, he says, Dorney, we're going to give away the building fund offering. I said, you're going to do what? He says, we're going to give it away. So I knew by then, I said, okay, well, if God's told you to do that, just do it, you know, no problem. So he gave the whole lot away. And I said to him at the time, I said, what happened if 200,000 comes in? He said, Dorney, it goes. So what came in was 268,000. And he, had, he knew where to send it. There was a church in Cosmo City that was in a building project. And he opened his hand and he released it. Within the next five months, God miraculously bought in another 3.5 million. We were able to finish the building. And a beautiful little story that came out of it. When we started the building project, there was a little boy that gave Manny his little tin. And you remember the little tin, I'm sure. He, Manny used to carry it around when he preached. And it was a little blue tin. And in that little tin was seven rand and 86 cents and it was all browns there were no silvers there were no kruger rands that had been shoved in and concertina down the thing there was only only that amount of money and um when manny was looking at the tin that we the money was banked 
On it, it said, fun, sun, and goodies to munch. What a perfect day for a picnic lunch. And Manny remembered that the five loaves and the two fish, the little boy with his little picnic lunch, he gave it away. And he felt the Lord say to him, he said, Manny, I'm going to supply. That was seven rand and 86 cents. When they calculated the entire amount that had come in, it came to 7,860 rand with a few cents. Our God is able to multiply. And Manny was a numbers man. He kept very, very strict uh, you know, you know, many everything was maps and writing and scripture and everything, and it was the exact amount of that little boy, but multiplied by millions. God is incredible. You cannot outgive him. We have to have enough gratitude in our hearts to give to God. You can never outgive him. Never name yourself the treasure of God's money, touching what doesn't belong to you. God's ways are not our ways. There is a whole world of blessing out there that people miss if they are not tithers. And so he. Old Wayne Myers is driving through Mexico and he's got his little car and he's driving through a really dodgy part of Mexico and he was talking to the young pastor next to him. We just, just keep your eyes open on the road, you know, because this is a place we're not going to stop. When we, my tires are good. We're going to manage to get through here. And so he just says, I hope you're a tither to this young guy. And the guy said, <coughs> actually, uh, no, 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 don't. He said, quiet. So when my stops the car, he says, please, can I kindly ask you to get out my car? So this young pastor is going to get me out this car right now in the middle of this place where they're going to hijack me. He says, no, 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 no. So Wayne says to him, but I cannot have you in the car with me. He said, because I will have no protection because you're not tithing and honoring the Lord. That's going to affect this whole car. He said, so you need to actually get out. No, 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 says the young guy. He says, I promise, I promise I'll stop tithing. <laughs> But this was this man, he just, he, just had, he just had such an assurance of God's goodness and protection. I mean, living to 98 years old and still looking good and still shining with the gospel and like in his voice, just blessing the Lord every second sentence he had. It was just such a blessing. And so Matthew 6.33 says, Seek first the kingdom of God and all these other things will be added to you. God has been faithful for 44 years of me knowing him. And Manny and I never lacked any good thing. And what I want to share with you just, just briefly um, is we, we kind of had a little house that we eventually, my folks helped us with the land. They gave us some money to build the, and we built this house. And it was a little house, but it got a little bit small. And not only that, it was taking me two and a half hours to get our kids to school. So we were in Rampark Ridge and to get to Bryanston in the traffic in the early hours of the morning, it would take me literally an hour and a half to get there. Then I dropped Tiffy at a special needs school. I, it would take me two and a half hours and I was absolutely finished. And I said to Manny, please, can we think of moving closer? And Manny wasn't on the same page as me. I was desperate. He wasn't that desperate because he never did the morning run. And uh, eventually we, we decided, okay, we're going to look for a house. And he was a bit reluctant, um, but he said, we'll do it. And so a friend of mine at church said to me, Dawny, there's a house going and it's it's available, and why don't you phone on a Sunday? And Manny and I had worked out exactly how much we could afford. We knew that we'd probably get about 500000 Excuse the big figures. This is Joburg for, for our little house in, in Rampock Ridge. And we'd worked out that the maximum, it was stretching us to our very, very limit, the maximum we could afford, and it, with a push, was 800000 And when we looked at houses, they were all over a million. Everywhere we went closer to the area where we would like to be, and it was kind of midway 
way between the church as well. It was just so expensive. So we looked at two and we got very down because they weren't really great houses and they didn't really have much, but they were so expensive. And so we phoned this, this couple from the church, said, can we come and look after church? Off we go, we drive there. Wow, this house is beautiful. It's an old house. It's, in a, it's got a park across the road and Manny walked in and the garden was absolutely magnificent. And my husband loves gardening. And so we walked right through this house. It had enough bedrooms for each child. It had three lounges. It had a guest suite. It was like made for a pastor. It really was because we have people in our home all the time. And so we kind of like said to them, wow, um, how much are you wanting for this? So we said, they said, we haven't put it on the market now, but we're wanting just over a million. We, we're happy if we get about 980,000 and our hearts just dropped, you know, and we went away and we, we, I was so excited still and I said to Manny, can't we just stretch it? Can't we find it? He said, Dawny, 800 is our max, absolute max. And so he phoned him the next morning and he said, we'd love to come and see your house again and we'd like to put in an offer. He said, let's just try on 800, you know. So we go to this couple and there they are. They're going to Denmark because he works for gas and he's got a two-year contract. And so we start negotiating them and he says to him, we really love your house, um, but we can only afford 800,000. And um, so the two of them looked at each other and they, they looked and all the ladies know what I'm going to say. And they said... Uh, We'll give it to you for 650000 So Manny and I, like, I burst into tears straight away. I just burst into tears. I thought, you've got to be kidding. And then they saw our reaction, and they said, actually, we'll bring it down to 620000 and you can have all the curtains as well. And, in fact, we'll give you 5,000 Rand cash just in case there's something that needs to be fixed. This incredible, beautiful house we bought for 615000 and it was worth so much more. But Jesus just supplied every single one of our needs. And I tell you, that house has been used. I mean, I thought some of you guys have stayed there in the guest room. And it's just been used and used and used for God's glory. And we prayed over our bond regularly. Please, Jesus, would you settle our bond? Please, Jesus, would you settle our bond? But every time we wanted to settle it, Manny would uh, give some away. <laughs> so, I mean, it never really moved. But you know, God is so faithful. When Manny died, he had two policies in place that settled the bond. And so God answered that prayer, not the way that I would have liked him to have answered it, but he answered it, and I'm debt-free right now. And so God has been so incredibly faithful, and sure, it just it blows me away. Psalm 27 says, I've been young and now I'm old, and I've never seen the righteous forsaken or their children begging for bread. Philippians 4.19, my God will supply all your needs according to his riches and glory. God knows our names. He knows our address and our enlisted phone numbers. He promises bread for each day. The Lord's prayers give us this day our daily bread. God takes care of the tomorrows. Learn to trust the source of life. Know that your heavenly Father is a giver. God so loved this world that he gave his son the very best that he had. James 1.17, every good and perfect gift comes down from the Father of lights. Blessings follow obedience. Curses follow disobedience. Jesus lived in obedience in everything he did. 
God fed Israel for 40 years in the desert, but he gave it on a day-to-day basis. God fed Elijah for two and a half years by the brook, bread and meat twice a day, fed by a raven, an unclean bird. If God can get his, can't get his people to back his kingdom, he will speak to the unsaved to put bread on your table. Where God leads, he feeds. Where God ordains, he sustains. The Christian is writing his will every single day. Your lifestyle. Manny left a lifestyle will. Do your giving while you're living so you know where it is going. Revelation 22.12 says, Look, look, I am coming soon. My reward is with, you, with me, and I will give each per- person according to what he has done. We are writing our wills by the way that we live. How we, deter- we determine how much we'll have on the other side in eternity. You determine what your reward is. Our salvation is secure, but our rewards can increase. You decide in this brief life, are you sending a brick or a plank or a a, a, a bit of cement for the building that God is building for you on the other side? Every time you do anything for anyone, God sees. What a day to live when Jesus is Lord. We honor God. He honors us. Jesus said, in my Father's house, there are many mansions. Every time you do a good deed, every time you pray for somebody, Every time you make somebody a meal, you are investing in the kingdom of God. If your riches increase in this world, do not let it possess you. We live from Joburg and we see that plenty of times. Always see things in light of eternity. Finances must be a tool to bless others rather than goals to be achieved. There is security. There is no security in this world outside of God. You can go to sleep rich and you can wake up with nothing. And I know that better than anybody else, like I shared this morning. We lost everything. My mom's piano had been burnt and just melted. You've never seen a piano that just melted into the ground. We had not a thing left, not a single item of clothing. We went to bed that night with everything. We woke up the next morning with nothing. It was all gone. All the material stuff, any money that we'd stashed in the drawer for that rainy day burnt, gone. And uh, it was, yeah, it was very real. If your treasures are in the heavenly bank, there is no inflation. There is no chance for it to be stolen. You will not be hacked. It, do, it grows good interest. God pays good interest on your investment in the kingdom. And 2 Corinthians 4.18 says, let not Uh, Look not at the things that are seen, for they are temporary, but the things that are not seen, they are eternal. Colossians 3 verse 1, if you be risen with Christ, seek those things that are above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of the Father. What a time to live when Jesus Christ is Lord of your time, your resources, your talents. Living to give breaks this materialistic spirit that tries to crowd out God's blessings. The world says you can get all you can. Jesus says give all you can. Living to get qualifies you to handle the abundance that this lifestyle will bring. When you walk in the light of his word, it doesn't matter where you live. God is faithful. If your heart is right and your motive is good and you don't negotiate with God, you don't give to get, you give because you love him. because you give, because he is Lord. When you do that, honestly, you will be blessed. When a man prospers, God gains a partner, and Satan gains, but and Satan, or Satan gains another fool. Never underestimate the power of money. Don't be afraid of it, but don't let it possess you. Know how to handle it. It can be a blessing or a curse. And so such as I have, I give. You start where you are, living to give, adds a contagious joy to your life, blesses those who cannot bless it back. And in conclusion, I just want to share with you, God has been so incredibly good to me, and I've loved this. I've just started small. I don't do this on a big scale yet, you know, but on 
honestly, it's the most exciting thing to just, and I teach Tiffy, I say, teach, teach your children how to learn to give. And so what happened is about, sure, about six months ago, um, I just wrote in my journal, I said, Jesus, it'll be really amazing to have, a, 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 what those things called? Generator. Yeah, so I said, Lord, it would be great. You know, Tiffy really battles with load shedding, and we have a little bit more um, load shedding there than you have here. And she really battles. And also just living on our own as well, it's kind of gets a little really dark where I live. And so it's not great. So I just mentioned it to Jesus. I didn't like beg him or ask or, you know, like, oh, Lord Jesus, I absolutely need this. It was just a little request. And I went to visit a lady, and they had just moved into this amazing house where they were going to run their business from. And they had a massive generator, the size of one that would run a church. And she said, Dawny, I've got a generator for you. So she says, I'll drop it round at your house. So the next minute I get this amazing six kVA generator dropped at my house. And so I looked at this, I went, wow, this is awesome. It terrified me because now I've got to learn how to work it. But I got, I put little wheels on because this thing was like pushing a tank, you know. So I got one of the guys, I said, please, can we just put little wheels on? Got it serviced filled it with petrol, and I was nervous. I'm telling you, because you've got to switch this switch off, this switch, switch, this one off, this one off, otherwise you're going to blow the whole thing. And so, like, I really, I'd written it down in about four different places exactly how to switch this thing on. Anyway, long story short, we used it three times. We used it when I had life groove at our house. Oh, and that's another thing. Our houses don't belong to us. When, so when people need to come live in my house, you're welcome. Okay, if you're in Joburg and you need a place to stay, just let me know, okay? And so... Anyway, long story short, this generator was an absolute blessing to us, and we used it three times. And then I went for tea with another young lady, and we were just chatting, and she, her dad had just died, so I was just like really just chatting her through that, that process. And she said, Dawny, can we just come and have a look at your generator? So I thought, oh, of course you can. So she came along, and her husband came with her, but they kind of looked at the generator, and then they said, can we just look at your garden? So they walked around the whole garden, and all my agapanthers are gone, because my German shepherd dog loved them. And so, and literally I had agapanthers everywhere, and it really upset his tummy. He got really skinny on his flanks, so don't give your, your, your shepherds agapanthers, by the by. Anyway, so he walked around the garden, and then that was it, and they left and whatnot. Next day, they phoned and said, can we come past? We just want to deliver 24 solar panels to you. They had just taken them off their roof because the dad had left an inheritance, and they were upgrading their solar panels. And they said, they're not hugely strong ones, but he said, we just felt in God we wanted to bless you with solar panels. They bought these 24 solar panels. They got a young guy to come and fill a battery and a this box and a that box and another box and a key in this one, and I don't have a clue what goes on there and three big batteries to run this thing and they just blessed me with this it took a week to put in I'm telling you I just burst into tears I just thought God I cannot give you I've just been trying this for a little while and already Lord you are just absolutely amazing and Tiffy got so excited that we have solar panel and so it's just been the most incredible incredible thing and so I just want to encourage you when God speaks to you and when he tells you to do things, just listen and just just start little, you know, just give it a shot. You've got nothing to lose and you'll see honestly and truly the faithfulness of God. And this is not about a prosperity message. We don't give to get. This is just, we love Jesus and we just hold our hands open because everything we have belongs to him. May God richly bless you and this church. And I mean, I know a lot of you guys are already doing it. Am I correct?
a lot of these guys are already doing it, and it's just wonderful. So can I pray for you, if that's okay? You know? <laughs> you can. Wasn't that a challenging word, eh? Sure. Church, why don't you stand to your feet, and I'll tell you why. Just uh, this morning, just this scripture had been on my heart. It says in the book of Romans, Paul said this, I long to see you, that I may impart to you some spiritual gift to make you strong. And I was struck by the fact that we get spiritual gifts to use them, but we also get to impart them. And it's one thing to, I mean, so many of you are amazing using your spiritual gifts to serve, to teach, to this. But a spiritual gift well used is not just used, but can be imparted as well. And really what you've been sharing is how a spiritual gift from this way got imparted to your husband, got imparted to you, and gets imparted to others. And I want us to, to, by faith, not receive something in our head, oh, that's a great idea, I should try it. No, Lord, I want you to impart this into my spirit. And so if you've got the faith for that, Dawn, won't you pray for that? And let's trust the Lord to receive it. Amen. And go and look him up so you can keep this in, in, in mind because you'll be blessed by the way this man's face shone. Amen. Let's go for it. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, I just thank you for the joy, the joy, Lord, deep inside, Holy Spirit, at your goodness, at your incredible greatness, and just how, Lord, we can never outgive you. Lord, it's just been the most incredible journey to see. And Father, I just pray for every single one that is here today. And Lord, Father, you gave this to me, Lord. You showed me, you led me, you, you directed me to listen to this man who, who my husband was so blessed by. And Father, I just pray, Lord, that as I've just shared his words, that the words that he spoke and that I wrote down. And Father, I pray that there is an impartation right now in this church of this incredible ability to live to give and just how it adds length to your years. It just, it just adds life to your bones. And Father, I just pray over this congregation that Jesus, what you have started to do in me, that you will start doing in the folk here, Lord, and even more, Lord. And Father, that there's gonna be miracle after miracle after miracle. And Lord, a life of step and a joy in the, in the lives of the people of this church, Lord, as they start experiencing your incredible goodness and just your incredible grace towards us. And so, Holy Spirit, we just commit this to you. Stir us up, Lord. Keep us alive and aflame for you, Lord. Let our hearts always be tender. Let our hearts always be willing to open our hands to whoever, whoever asks, Lord. I thank you that you give us the ability and the grace to be able to give in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Amen.